luminaries, talking to the brightest minds in tech. And my hope is that we come together to share more than technology and expertise and products, but that we share a vision of a future that is better than today. A vision of technology as the driver of human progress. Your hosts are Mark Schaefer and Douglas Carr. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Luminaries, where we talk to the brightest minds in tech. This is Mark Schaefer with my co-host, Douglas Carr. Hello, sir. How are you, Doug? Fantastic. We're going to have a really interesting conversation today. It's kind of energizing for me because when I started in business, IT was like a pain in the what kind of what's, what am I allowed to say on this podcast? But a butt. It was a pain in the butt. It was a cost to be managed. You really didn't even like the people working in IT. But we've had a little conversation here with our guest today, Jason Brown, and Jason is awesome because he is creating new business models from IT, which is how we should have been thinking about IT from the beginning. Jason is the CIO of Rio Grande Pacific. Welcome, Jason. Thank you guys for having me. Well, I think we're going to have some fun together. And I have to admit, we've been interviewing companies from all over the world, cutting-edge technologies, cutting-edge ideas, startup accelerators, human genome research, cybersecurity. I have to admit, I'm a little surprised to have a railroad on the show with us today. Wow. I don't know how to take that exactly, but I'm, I'm guessing that's... Okay. Yeah. I mean, buck up, Jason. I'm It'll really be okay. Hard. <laughs> Tell us about Rio Grande. Come on, we're kidding right. you. No, Tell no, us no. about what's going on. So, Rio Grande Pacific Corporation was was founded in the '80s, and originally it was set up as a short line railroad holding company. Our owner, very aggressive, one of the greatest business minds ever in the railroad business. Um, so, we we owned and operated four railroads for twenty something years. Um, as the opportunity to buy shoreline railroads dried up. There's bigger billion-dollar holding companies that are buying them. It's hard to compete with that. So in 2007, we started, you know, other business units that are railroad-related, signal, technology, um, maintenance away, you know, track surfacing, um, just services for other short lines that don't necessarily have the resources to bring those types of talents in-house or those services because it's not cheap to do in some cases especially on the technology side. Hmm. You're, uh, uh, the company is making headlines today because of its innovative use of technology. Uh, I'm curious with a company that is more than 30 years old and maybe in a, uh, obviously a traditional business, um, that had to be a big hurdle to overcome to get that innovation mindset there. Uh, what happened as part of your company culture to make that happen? Well, I think, uh, you know, our company culture, we're very aggressive since we're not, you know, we're, we're not a multi-billion dollar company. So it, when a decision needs to be made to make, you know, a change of direction, whether it's an IT operations or, you know, the, the future of the company, we turn really fast. We're not a, we're not a aircraft carrier. We are a cigarette boat, for lack of a better term. We're very nimble and aggressive. Um, our owner has been that way with us when we first started talking about, hey, let's sell technology to other railroads. I think there's something here to this. And he said, go. It was a five-minute conversation. Wow. So, And we've done fairly well for ourselves, frankly. We're not, um, we're not General Motors just yet, but, you know, we can try, right? The great thing about your story is really, 
I mean, the cultural transformation has to come from the top. It has to be owned by the leader at the top, the person that sets the strategy, that the one that ultimately owns the budget. So you had the green light. I mean, that's something that's so important in companies, and that seemed like it was pretty effortless for you. Now, as the CIO, what do you do with that? Because uh, we've talked to a lot of companies, big and small, and they're struggling with what's that first step as a CIO? How do you even get your 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 mind around this challenge? Well, I think it's it's being able to sell the technology. And I'll, and I'll use an example: is there's there's a software program out there that you know back in the old days our locomotive engineers and conductors would literally hand write out the train orders okay well i moved five cars from this track to that track and then it's snowing outside it's raining and cold and their handwriting's bad and they fax it back to a customer service clerk who pulls it off the fax machines like eh, i think he meant this or that so we we started putting tablets in the field and um our, our chief operating officer who's, who's really a brilliant guy um I was, we were talking about some of the challenges because he had some experience with it. And he said, you know, the, the good thing is the younger guys in the field, which there are a few, um, they're a little more tech savvy and easier to adapt. And you get the older guys and said, well, I've never had a piece of technology in my life. And they said, well, hey, that's great. You have no preconceived notions. Let me show you how this works. Yeah. So the buy-in wasn't that hard. Leadership was pushing down. Um, so there was, not to say there wasn't an option, but it was very... It was very easy transition to get them in there. Now, so once you get the first one in there, now it's easy to keep building upon that. Okay, well, we've added this new thing. What do you think of this? So, and that's what we've been doing is developing new applications and services and just stacking them on our uh, our current platform. Well, talk about the infrastructure a little bit. I mean, did you have a good base to build on or did you have to say, you know, we've got uh, some some housekeeping to do? Our uh, We're a legacy EMC shop, so... Uh, we got to the point to where our storage array had grown from a few dozen servers to what it is today. And we kept just adding to our old EMC array, non-flash, very mechanical, good quality stuff, never had any problems. But it got to the point where it's, you know, it's probably time to just invest and buy an all-flash array. Um, and our IT director talked me into it. Um, there was some waterboarding involved I think, at some point. <laughs> but anyway, so we made the we made the jump and we did it. And frankly, the you know the spread, the delta between when we started with EMC to where we are now with the Unity platform, it's night and day. And and I'm I'm talking about as far as the tools available, what and whether that's part of Dell or EMC that's brought along. But it's it's amazing. I mean, it's not something we ever worry about. It's one of those devices that's back in the data center that doesn't require constant care and feeding. It's like, you just forget about it. It's there, it's working, everything is great. That's what we like best about it. And the performance and scalability is off the chart. I mean, it's... The, so, uh, and, and on that, I'm, I'm interested, stability, obviously, efficiency is there. What are some of the areas that you had goals from an early standpoint? You know, obviously, it wasn't profitability day one, you know, but, you know, was it productivity, safety? Well, we, we, had, we had originally, we'd hit a wall on storage, and we said, okay, we've got to make a decision. So we made the decision. But we, we wanted the decision to be based on a multitude of factors, not just, oh, well, we need more space. Let's go buy the flash. So we started looking at things like, okay, well, let's, our accounting system can run twice as fast as it used to. And you sell that to a CFO. That's not a hard sell. Um, we start developing software, right? And our software development tools are 
on the all flash that makes spinning up VMs, you know, a lot faster than yeah. it used to be. Um, and the other piece is safety uh, uh, signal systems on the railroad. Uh, it's important that those systems are running on a, you know, redundant, hardened platform, and they are now. One of the interesting things that I'd, I'd like to learn from you, because it really does kind of give us a, a glimpse at the future. We keep hearing how so many traditional businesses are going to become software-centered businesses. You're a CIO, but you've also kind of got to have a hand in marketing this stuff. You've got to be connected to customers to direct your efforts. So that is just fascinating to me. I mean, I've never really met someone that's kind of been in that position before. And I'm imagining many of your traditional customers probably had like a deer in the headlight kind of look. It's like, you're what? Tell me a little bit about this, this business metamorphosis for you personally and really kind of becoming almost marketing. Yeah. I think it's, it's kind of twofold because the, the Rio Grande Pacific technology group that we've created, um, we've, we've got basically two customer bases. One is the shortline industry, which is near and dear to our hearts because that's what we do. Um, we recently uh, started operating a commuter line in North Texas, which was a completely new hmm. business for us. And frankly, that's the driver for a lot of the tablets and um, the Android apps that we've been developing um, for conductors there. Very similar to what I told you about with the shoreline. The guys used to handwrite everything. Now it's all on a tablet. I got this many passengers on. But it's presenting the data. Um, we're in a hybrid cloud environment. Obviously, we're um, between Microsoft Azure, Oracle. We, we leverage a lot of different systems. But locally, everything on the flash that replicates up, I think that kind of puts us in the norm of, of most companies. I don't know many companies who keep everything in-house or keep everything in the cloud. Um, but from a, to answer your question, from a marketing standpoint, um, it's a challenge because um, on the commuter side, people know exactly what they want. It's not pure cookie cutter, but it's pretty dang close. The shoreline industry is pretty diverse. Every railroad's different. You got railroads that move 5,000 carloads a year, and you have some that move 100,000 carloads a year. So you're dealing with different budgets. There's shortline railroads that don't even have IT staff. They outsource mm. everything, which is kind of like where we raise our hand a little bit and go, hey, yeah, you know, we can uh, we can help a brother out over here, you know. Well, I'm curious about that. Uh, so, so how many shortline, you know, is it hundreds of, so hundreds of companies, what is their reaction to you guys, you know, as far as technology advancement? Yeah, the you know, the issue with the shortline is, most of the railroads are owned probably the top three holding companies that own you know hundreds each let's say just for for round numbers um and then you get another segment of mid-size that you know own 10 or 12 you know different ones um but the one thing they all have in common is they all struggle with technology and they're all driven by um what the big companies the big railroad software manufacturing companies give them right so this is your solution you should fit in this box, you know, and it's it's not. It's a square peg round hole a lot of times. So we're trying to smooth some edges out with our software platform and help those guys, hey, you know, let us customize this for you. We know there's data points out there that we present in our dashboard that are not, you know, um, IT, for example. I've got seven different dashboards from backups to Cisco to, you know, EMC, all of my tools. And while they're really nice, but... You know, open up seven tabs every day in the morning. It's not real, you know, 
if for a railroad operator, that's just like, no, they won't do it. They're, they're you know, very ADD. They want it all on one screen, quick look, what's going on in my railroad, how's the performance, you know, how much fuel are we using, how, all, of the, all those data sets that are important to a railroad operation guy or a finance guy. They need to be able to look at it quick, get it down, and move on. And that's what we're trying to do. And we have a lot of smart people in our company, so it makes it easy for us because I can walk down the hall and talk to our VP of finance and go, hey, what would you like to see if you're looking at this? Mm. He's like, I'd like this, this, and this. Okay, good. You know, our chief operating officer is the next office over from me. I can walk over there. What do you want to see? So we get to develop that, you know, and these guys have years and years of experience. So by the time I'm trying to present it to a potential customer, they're like, hey, that looks pretty good. We like that. Or they say it's total garbage. And we won't go there. <laughs> no, I mean, that's fine. This is a gentle podcast for gentle people. <laughs> yeah. That's how we think of ourselves. I like the gentle podcast. Now, the thing that's uh, really interesting about this whole thing, Jason, is now you're putting these apps and these software systems out there. You're collecting a lot of data. That could create some very interesting new models. Talk about that. Is it, I mean, is that the next uh, disruption? Is that the next uh, evolution of this for you? Absolutely. I think one of the things, and, and we, we've kind of taken over the railway internet of things, called it the riot domain. So literally. Riot. Riot. That is just right? the Love best it. name I ever. I agree. Doggone. I, I can't take credit first. for it. Shoot. I, you know, but anyway, it's, it's, it's a really smart name. And that's what we are running all of our analytics on. So, yeah, to your point, if I can start collecting data from 100 railroads. Lots of railroads. Right. Um, Fuel consumption. Right. Right. Yeah. You can do a lot of predictive analytics when you get that kind of data. And that's kind of what we're shooting for. And not just on the freight side, commuter side as well. You know. that, I mean, that's kind of an obvious idea, but the, the thing that's so interesting about what you're doing is that I love that you've disrupted yourself. I mean, we see that so many businesses are being disrupted, and then they look around and go, huh? But, you know, you've already taken the first step. You're being a software-centered company. So how do you keep that momentum going how what's your process to look for it sounds like your your ceo is very you know forward thinking and innovative anyway so how what's your process to look for the next thing to to you know so that you are the disruptor yeah i think a lot of it is um there, there's a lot of black holes there's a lot of well low-hanging fruit i think that's still out there for the railroad industry I don't just mean short lines or commuters, even the large class one railroads that you see running up and down the highway. There are areas where we can help. And I think what we've been trying to do is survey and find out what those are. We talk to our partners. We talk to the other short lines. What are your, what are your pain points? What do you need help with? What can we help you with? Um, we do a lot of conventions. We do a lot of shows. We talk to a lot of people. Um, so we've kind of got this, you know, this, this dope chart that we're trying to cluster together and figure out, okay, well, this is a pain point for everyone. Let's tackle that and and see what happens with it. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's a never-ending cycle. It's just like everything else in development as I'm learning because I, I have no development background. But you're, you know, you're talking like a CMO. I mean, listen to the customer, identify pain yeah. points, developing new products. What What is your background? Do you have a background that's kind no, of help facilitate that? No, I, I actually, uh, 
I did IT consulting for a number of years, which is kind of, I think, the genesis of when we started Rio Grande Technology, which was, I've, I'm always used to making IT a profit center. As a consultant, that's what you do. Um, so we had some opportunities presented to us that allowed us to do capital projects for some of the railroads. And we sat around the whiteboard one day and said, hey, let's let's give it a go. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not bad. I mean, we're not we're not necessarily General Motors yet, but mm-hmm. we're trying. Yeah. But when you talk about being a CMO, uh, you know, a company our size, we don't have, you know, unlimited resources. So everyone wears five hats. Mm-hmm. You just you just have to. But so. to me, it seems like that is work that works to your advantage. Because you've merged two critical functions, and that's what's yeah. really driving your business. Being small is it to your advantage in this in this respect? Yeah, I think so. Because I, I think you know development dollars and things that um, you know, we don't have a five million dollar R and D budget to just right. let's get a bunch of developers and let's pretend you know mm-hmm. or, or fixing some sort of unseen scenario. We don't have that. Um, so our solutions and our Fixes have to be basically us in the white, white, or on a whiteboard, like I talked about, looking at the pain points. What can we do to help make the industry better? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of a bootstrap mentality. It's very bootstrap. Yeah. yeah. Well, good for you. That's awesome. Thank you. It seems agile uh, as well. You know, you're taking a, a, a clearly agile approach to it. So, so where does this take us in five years? You know, where is where, where is your company? Is it a is it a software company? No, is, no, I don't think we ever will be. You know, I think we stick to to our core of what we do, which is we own and operate railroads. We have the best operators of any. You know, obviously, I'm very biased, but our leadership team, our railroad operators, are the best in the business. That's the core of our business. What we're trying to do is just augment a little bit. You know, let's. We're going to be a profit center. We're going to make the company money, um, you know. And I think if a lot of companies looked at IT or accounting or operations in that manner, companies our size would do a lot better. I mean, I think the, you know, the finances yeah. would show that. Jason Brown, CIO Rio Grande Pacific Railroad Holding Companies. Who is holding? Can I can I can I mention that I'm holding a very special coffee cup in my hand right now? Yeah. No, don't mention that because then everyone will want one, and we don't have enough. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I, it was there's an IKEA stamp on the bottom, which yeah. I thought was a nice touch. <laughs> <laughs> Dell was written on with a crayon. Hush outside. now. Hush That's now. Really nice. Jason, we have we've had. No fun on this podcast whatsoever, and we'll never have you back. <laughs> Tell me it's been awful. So uh, for our guests that want to catch your routine on the web, <laughs> yes, where can they find you if they want to learn more about your company and, and what you're doing? RGPC.com. There you go. Thank you so much for being with us Thank today. Thank you guys for been, having it's me. It's been a ball, and it's also been, you know, really inspiring. I love what you're doing. You're, you're doing. I, I, I don't know if I, we've ever Luminaries. talked to really Talking to the brightest minds so in tech. Cool things as, as, a podcast series from Dell Technologies. So, thank you so much. Everyone, thank you for listening. We never take you for granted. Thank you for your great comments, for your support. This is Mark Schaefer on behalf of Doug Carr, my co-host. Thank you so much for listening to Luminaries, and we will see you next time.